Welcome to another episode of the Heat Strokes Podcast. <laughs> oh, I should have yelled too. Hosted by Brady Cannon. Presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Get ready to experience golf as you've never seen and heard it before. The price is wrong. Through the lens of Brady's experienced eye as he braves the toughest courses in the West under the scorching Las Vegas heat. Your course reviews, expert PGA analysis, and top weekly golf betting strategies are teed up and ready to fire. Here's your starter, Brady Cannon. It is DeadHeatGolf.com, home to the Heat Strokes podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode number three. I'm Brady Cannon, along with my special guest host, Rufus Peabody, your renowned sports better, also the host of the Bet the Process podcast and the founder and operator of Unabated, a online interactive betting platform that provides betting tools for sports bettors. Rufus, great to have you along, my friend. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to join us this week. And of course, it's the Heat Strokes podcast, founded partially anyway on the fact of playing golf in the scorching heat in Las Vegas. And uh, kind of apropos, I guess, that you and I, I believe the first time we ever played golf together was in the dead heat in Las Vegas, late August Super Contest weekend at the Las Vegas Country Club. I think we were paired with Ken Thompson and Nick Bogdanovich about eight, nine years ago or so, right? Yeah, it was a long, long time ago. I think this was maybe 2016. Yeah, 2015 or so. Uh, Westgate Super Contest weekend, of course, at the Las Vegas Country Club. And it was a fun round of golf. It was great playing with four guys there in the industry, getting to know yourself. And and we've played a few times since uh, another time in the heat. In fact, uh, I, I think it was July we played at South Shore Country Club. Yeah, that's still one of the best rounds I've ever played, Brady. So I think I shot something like a, was a 76 or a 78 and one of those rounds where everything went right. Yeah, you were on fire that day for sure. I almost wanted to say it was 73, but I, I think 76 or so might be right. That was, but you certainly qualify for a, a guest host here on the Heat Strokes podcast anyway, uh, having played a couple of times in the dead heat a summer. Last week, we uh, reviewed the aforementioned Las Vegas Country Club with JT the Brick. And uh, this week, we go down the street a little bit further to another very historic and classical golf course here in Las Vegas, and that is Las Vegas National. It was designed by Burt Stamps in 1961. It is a par 71 stretching out to just over 6,600 yards from the tips. It is a classic traditional parkland style golf course. You've got mature pine trees, olive trees, palm trees, all strategically placed. Interestingly enough, five par threes on this course, four par fives and nine par fours. And it's all located about three to five miles from the Las Vegas Strip. The PGA Tour has been here, the LPGA, the Rat Pack used to play here and then entertain guests in the clubhouse after golf. Many years ago, this was called the Stardust Country Club and Arnold Palmer held the course record shooting a 63. And then 28 years later, Tom Kite shot a 62 in 1991. 
And for a few years here, Rufus, when I first got to town, Las Vegas National held a leg of the Las Vegas Invitational, which is now the Shriners Children's Open. And it was in 1996, Tiger Woods shot a 70 here at National on one leg of the four rounds that they played. And then he held off Davis Love III at TPC Summerlin on Sunday to win his very first professional event. When was it, Rufus, that you were first introduced to Las Vegas National? And what were your, some of your first impressions that made you really fall in love with this course? So I lived in Henderson for a while, Brady. And so I would play the courses over there and that side of town. And when I bought a place in the arts district, I was sort of looking for uh, a place closer by uh, to play. And I ended up discovering Las Vegas National and playing it and really, really liking the course. And it's one of the rare courses out here that isn't a desert course exactly. There's a lot of trees and, and I love how uh, if you miss a fairway, a lot of times you have to be creative and hit some recovery shots, shape balls around trees, that kind of thing. And, and knowing how often I miss the fairways, I have to do that a bunch. I also like, uh, the set of par fives is, is pretty challenging off the tee and it, there's a, and there's holes that sort of make you make decisions. So a good example of that is the 18th hole, which is a par five where you have dog legs a little bit left to right, and you have water on the right that comes into play. I guess it depends on what tee you're from, but basically maybe 230 yards down. 220 to 230 down down the right side and then you have the houses out of bounds on, on the left so it's very very narrow if you hit a driver there and so i've managed to find both the water and the houses there and so it's one of those holes where there are times when i'll just say i'm gonna hit depending on my confidence on my driver i'm just gonna hit like a four iron out there and play is a guaranteed three shotter but not friggin the big number and the let's see what is it one two three, fourth hole is another par five where you have a desert ravine on the right and, and you want to be on the right side of the fairway to get a chance. If you hit a good drive on the right side of the fairway, you can get there in two, but it's a dog leg left. And so you have that sort of ravine and, and a big score if you, if you miss right. And then again, with a lot of holes, just kind of like the heritage last week at Harbortown, there are houses and there's out of bounds and I've, I've hit plenty of those houses. And so you have more room on the left. And so you tend to miss there and then more often than not for me. And, and so then I have to, I'm either in a bunker or a side hill lie and have to like side hill lie, have to hit a, a, a hook, a cut or not a hook. Um, I, yeah, I have to hook it around the trees if I want to have a, a semi easy approach in. So I think there are definitely some holes that make you say, okay, maybe I shouldn't just hit driver here because they're narrow and strategic places. And yeah, it's a great set of par threes as well. None of them are really short. My favorite of the par threes actually might be, what is it? 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, which is mm -hmm. no water or anything, but it plays at like 240, 250 yards. So I'm hitting three woods in there most of the time. And, and for whatever reason, I've played that hole really well. So I kind of, when, when you can par a 250 yard par three, you feel pretty good. And I actually have a few birdies on it as well. So, but there are, there are certain holes that certainly give me trouble, but. I really like the course. I mean, the last time I played, it was in, in pretty good shape. I, I can't speak to what shape it's in right now, but people that are friendly, I'm able to get in, in pace of play. If when I show up, let's say five o'clock or even six o'clock at this time of year, I mean, I can get around in, in under two hours on some days just as a single. And so that's, that's always really nice because if I can 
get from door to door and get around a golf in in two and a half hours, I can play a lot more often than, than if it's you know six hours. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and a couple things you bring up there, I, I'm right in line with you. I love the dog legs here and what they present because first of all, there's not a lot of golf courses in Las Vegas where we get a classic traditional, you know, tree-lined fairway setup and you have to negotiate these high hanging trees and work your ball, shot shape, creativity. It brings all that into play when you have these dog legs with the high hanging trees lining the fairways and we don't get to experience that type of challenge that often when playing golf in Las Vegas. And then you've got a few very short par fours as well. And they typically have some sort of hazard, a water hazard or a big dog leg, or, or you mentioned a ravine, the wash, you know, that runs through the property. Uh, and then the par threes you talk about as well, all five of them, like you say, are pretty long. And Rufus, I really think it's the par threes here that really provide the teeth that this golf course presents. Yeah, 14 is tough. What is it? 16 is a very long par three too. That's 200 plus. Yeah, long for yeah me. you're right. There, it kind of um, almost goes back to back. I think it goes three, four, three there on the back side, and they're both very long. Yeah, and 16 is one where if you're left of the green, you have OB and houses and, and you have the sort of wash and ravine to the right. And it and and it it it's one of these interesting ones because you're sort of at an elevated tee, but the green's also elevated. You kind of go down and then back up and it, it sort of visually kind of messes with you a little bit because it seems like it's longer than it than it is. But uh, my favorite hole actually, I think, is would be not a par three, uh, 13, which is a short par four with a lake. It's got a pond in front. It's drivable if, well, not for me, but uh, unless it's downwind, <laughs> but but it it is, you know, it, you can most of the time I just lay up with a six iron there. I've realized that's kind of the move for me and just try to get a hundred, hit a hundred yard shot in, but, uh, you can go for it. And it's, uh, I don't, I, I've, I've never hit it when I went for it. There's, there's water, uh, fronting that green. And then there's, you know, it, it kind of it dog legs, right, I guess. And, and, and it gets really, really narrow up by the green. So you don't really have any room there. So it'd be interesting to see what the, what like a Scott Fawcett would say uh, for what the strategy would be there with like with the decade app. Let's uh, talk about the experience overall a little bit. I, I think it's a very playable course and, and it doesn't mean you're going to score well uh, because I think the course certainly is challenging. And we've illustrated that with the dog legs and the long par threes, but there's a lot of room off of the tee. And I don't think you're ever going to find yourself in too much trouble here at Las Vegas National. The location is excellent. It's exactly three miles east of the Las Vegas Strip right where the Win and Encore and Resorts World are. I, I love the old school vibe as well, Rufus. You've got the home that Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone lived in, in the movie Casino, right between the number one and 18th holes. And it's kind of a walk down memory lane here. Of course, the clubhouse is home to the Southern Nevada, uh, Las Vegas Golf Hall of Fame. So many of the founding fathers of the industry here, the golf industry here in town, they've got their pictures on the wall in the clubhouse. And also 
the past champions, both LPGA and PGA Tour champions, their pictures on the wall, just a lot of nostalgia at this place. And and I really like that. I mean, if the walls could talk, right? It's just a lot has gone on here. Certainly one of the very most historic golf courses in town having opened up in the early 60s. Yeah, although Brady, I would say it's more of, I really do think it's more of an accuracy course than a driving course. There, there are certainly holes where you, you can miss, but, um, but oftentimes like there's, there's OB and a lot on a lot of tee shots that you're worried about. And then, and also if you miss, uh, and you're not OB, sometimes you find yourself just having to punch out or, or, or try to advance something down the fairway around trees or something. So I, I, I think it's one where, where accuracy off the tee is a little more important. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I would maybe kind of split the difference here and say it's positional off the tee, certainly. And, and you're right. There are some narrow holes. There's uh, one, I believe it's along Maryland Parkway on the back nine there where it kind of squeezes you in for sure. Number one is pretty wide open, 18. But but you're right. I think positional off the tee is certainly very key here. Um, you'd already talked about your favorite hole. You mentioned number 13. I, I want to tell you, I really love the three-hole stretch of four, five, and six. And you talked about number four, certainly a positional tee shot there, trees lining the left. It kind of dog legs to the left and then back to the right, a par five. And then next up, you have a very short par four, number five, that is a severe dog leg to the, to the right, uh, a birdie opportunity possibly. And then number six is a very difficult long par four where it dog legs back to the left again. You've got the wash and the ravine on your right. If I recall, a couple of palm trees guarding the right side a little bit there. And then a bunch of oleanders and trees along the left side. It's really kind of, you can't even see the green from the tee and you have to bend it around to the left. So, I, I, I mean, you're going to find out if you're playing well or not uh, after you complete holes four, five, and six. Six is the toughest hole in the course, in my opinion. I, th I think it actually might be the number one handicap, but it's one, I think it plays where the tees I'm playing, it's playing 440. And I'm still normally hitting three wood off that tee just because I don't have faith in, in I don't have faith in my driver to, well, I, I don't draw my driver. So my miss is right. And if I hit a driver and I miss it all right, or just then I'm in the ravine. And if I miss left, I'm, I have, so I have to take a line sort of to the left and if I hit it, it all let pull it from there, then I'm OB in the houses. So it's, it's better for me to just to, I'm willing to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to have a long iron in, um, but I'm going to still be in play. Rufus, I want to ask you, you know, we talk about the history of this course. It goes back to the early sixties and you know, the, the nostalgia and everything. Do you have a favorite story of your own, maybe a round you played there or an experience at Las Vegas national that you recall? You know, I don't really, I don't, honestly, I've, I've played so many rounds there and, and most of the time when I play there, I'm playing by myself. It's sort of late in the day and getting in around after a, a day of work, uh, and it's sort of kind of a meditative thing for me, but I, I think, I think I've grown a lot as a golfer playing there in terms of, um, on the mental side. And I, I do remember there was one round where I was really struggling early on. And I, uh, I mean, I, I, I was maybe like eight over through my first five holes or something, you know, and I was kind of like, 
where, you, where, you, where you're kind of in danger of checking out of the round a little bit. And, and I just was like, okay, let's just hit a good shot. One good shot at a time. And I ended up, um, I ended up coming back and shooting a, I think I went like even par the rest of the way or something like that. It was, maybe it wasn't eight over through five, but I think I had a stretch of one over the last at least 12 or 13 holes and, and ended up shooting like a 79 or 80 there. And it was one of the rounds I was most proud of because, because of that, because I, I feel like I just stayed strong through it, but I, I have played That's so awesome, many rounds. Man. That's a pretty good story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had a stretch where I got my handicap really like low for me. I got it down, uh, down to five last year, uh, last May, actually. I had a, a two week stretch where I shot five rounds sub 80 um, at Las Vegas National. Oh, good for you, man. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I got to get to my story. We'll take a quick uh, commercial break after that, and then we'll get to our picks for the Zurich Classic. But uh, my story that I'll never forget at Las Vegas National, this goes back all the way to 2001. And it was right after, of course, the tragic event 9-11. And I was playing there with about 12 guys. They were all in the casino industry, casino hosts, casino executives, you know, guys that had been uh, high ranking casino level uh, executives for many, many years here in Las Vegas. And they had a game where they played at Las Vegas National. I don't know if they played the same course every week, but they invited me to play along this particular week. And of course, we all remember that there was a period of time where planes were not allowed to fly after 9-11 and a bonus for that was uh, the air quality improved quite a bit we didn't have all the air traffic and it was crystal clear blue skies that day playing at las vegas national and we must have been waiting on the tee or something for a group in front of us because i, I remember there was probably about eight of us on this one tee box and all of a sudden a plane flies across the sky a commercial plane headed to the airport full of visitors to Las Vegas. And these casino guys looked up like it was a bag of money flying across the sky. It gave them hope. It, it gave them, you know, a feel for their job and that they were going to be able to go back to their livelihood. And it was excitement and the reaction. I mean, you know, it, it was almost kind of a tearjerker move when you think about the gravity of 9-11. And then to see these guys with their livelihood flying through the sky, uh, it, it was really a remarkable moment to see these casino folks and how much that meant to them. That's, that's a great story, Brady. That's very powerful. Yeah. It, it, like I say, I won't forget it. it. It was very, very cool. All right. We are going to take a short break and then we will come back with our picks for the Zurich Classic. Uh, contact information, by the way, for Las Vegas National. Uh, again, they have both non-resident and local rates. Uh, you can buy a player's card, a local player's card that will give you discounts throughout the entire year. Uh, as far as the non-resident rates, about 50 or, or about 40 or $50 during the summertime, as high as $150 during peak season. It just matters when and what time of year and what time of day that you play, the rates will vary. You can check them out at lasvegasnational.com or you can call them at 702-734-7, excuse me, 702-734-1796 and tell them the fellas from the Heat Strokes podcast sent you. Uh, you can also find them on our website at deadheatgolf.com. They are one of our featured golf courses and one of our show sponsors. Uh, 
take a listen to our commercials. They are uh, some of our favorite sponsors. They do a great job with their ads. You've got Las Vegas Advisor, Bescent Realty, Play Studios, and footballcontest.com. And remember, use the promo code HEAT when you go to footballcontest.com and check out to save $50. We'll be right back with more of the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino right here in Las Vegas. When the Heat Strokes crew isn't burning up the hottest golf courses in the country, playing a game we'd all spend a lifetime trying to master, they're doing something just as smoking, but a whole lot easier. They're playing My Vegas Slots. It's a top-ranked free-to-play mobile app that lets you earn valuable real-world rewards from some amazing partners like MGM Grand, Bellagio, and Norwegian Cruise Line. You can score rooms, great meals, show tickets, and more just for playing. Download My Vegas Slots today from your favorite app store. And if you're anything like Brady and Matt, we know you're going to love it. And that's something you can bet on. Have you ever wanted to play in one of the biggest football contests in Las Vegas and win a million dollars or more? At footballcontest.com, find out how to sign up and make your picks through Nevada's most experienced proxy service. You do the handicapping, we do the legwork. And our service is a convenience for both locals and non-residents alike. Over the past decade, Thousands have trusted footballcontest.com as their proxy service and have collected winnings of over $10 million. Whether you're a fan of five picks against the spread or survivor pools, footballcontest.com has all the information you need to get started. You pick the winners, we submit your picks. It's that easy at footballcontest.com. Attention all real estate buyers, sellers, and investors. Are you looking for a trustworthy and experienced team to help you navigate the Las Vegas, Southern Nevada market? Look no further than Bescent Realty Group, specializing in residential, commercial, and investment properties. With over nine years of experience in the industry, we have the knowledge and skills to help you find the perfect property or investment opportunity. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're committed to providing exceptional service and delivering results. Contact us today to take the first step towards achieving your real estate goals in Las Vegas and Southern Nevada. Call now, 702-339-8052, or go to BescentRealty.com. Want to gamble like the pros? At LasVegasAdvisor.com, you'll find the world's best how-to books, software, and strategy cards featuring blackjack, poker, video poker, tournament play, and of course, sports betting, including 2020 sports betting, Think Like a Pro, which contains an 85-page section on betting golf. And don't forget to check out LVA's famous member rewards coupon book, offering discounts on dining and entertainment, including a buy one, get one for the awesome lobster buffet at the Palms, and more than $400 in gambling free play, match play, and bonus offers. Up your gambling game today at LasVegasAdvisor.com. That's LasVegasAdvisor.com. Welcome back to the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino right here in Las Vegas. Mandalay Bay comes alive as the fan district, the go-to destination for all fan kind. Gather here, stay here, eat here, and celebrate here. Fans get exclusive food and drink specials and one-of-a-kind experiences loaded with giveaways, photo ops, surprise appearances, and more. And the best part, it's all within walking distance of the stadium. Get the party started or keep the party going at the fan district. Brady Cannon and Rufus Peabody with you here at the Heat Strokes podcast presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. And it is time to get to our picks for the Zurich Classic of New Orleans at TPC Louisiana 
in Avondale, Louisiana. This is a uh, fairly long course at over 7,400 yards, a par 72 Pete Dye design. Not really that similar to last week's Pete Dye design at Harbortown. Back in 2017, of course, this converted from a traditional stroke play event to a team event. Two-man teams will compete. Uh, 160 players in all, 80 two-person teams will compete here this week. The only two-person team event that they have on the tour calendar. Thursday and Saturday will be best ball. And no, that's not a scramble. Each player plays their own ball. And then the best score of the two will be the team score. On Friday and Sunday, they will play alternate shot. Uh, the field is pretty decent, but not anything like we've seen in recent weeks. You do have Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley back here to defend their title. You've got Team Cal Berkeley with Max Homa and Colin Morikawa, and then Team UNLV with Kurt Kitayama and Taylor Montgomery. Rufus, how do you handicap this event? I, I think it's hard enough week in and week out on the tour to isolate just one player, but now, of course, we have a duo and so you, they've obviously come to the table with individual skill sets, and now those skill sets are trying to gel and form a team. Uh, it's a difficult concept, I think, whether you're just you know playing situational handicap or or whatever format you use, or if you're using models and metrics. It, I think it's tough when you bring in the dynamic of two individuals making up one entity. Yeah, it's it's certainly a unique challenge, Brady, and I have to approach it differently than I approach other weeks. I can't just you know plug and chug. Um, I I actually have to actually last year for the first time I uh, I I handicapped the team event. I had just taken it off for a number of years after after it became uh, the Zurich became a team event. But the the challenge is the the better ball because uh, what I need to do there is I have to actually model the score for each player for each hole and then and then sort of take the best. Uh, one from each each team, so it's interesting to sort of see, like it may not be in, as intuitive to see that um, how that's going to affect the scoring. What's what it's going to do is it's going to condense the field a little bit. The the better teams are not able to separate themselves as much because bad shots are not penalized as much. Uh, I think it, it makes scrambling a little less important there um, again because. Uh, you know, the better shots are being rewarded uh, rather than the bad ones penalized. And it makes the the variance in round scores much less. So a typical round in a golf tournament might have a standard deviation around 2.75 strokes, something like that. It's going to be more like 2.2 for uh, for this the better ball format. The alternate stroke part is a little bit easier in a way. I mean, if I know... So, so I don't worry about the team aspect and the sort of team chemistry part of it. You're going to have both players hitting tee shots. You're going to have both players hitting approach shots. Um, it's just on different holes. And, and I, you know, I, I kind of looked, I think last year to try to see if there were, if, if a team had you know, one guy, like if, if certain holes were more important off the tee. And so essentially if you're better off stacking certain guys here, I also looked to see if it makes more sense if you're, if you're better off having one really good guy and one bad guy um, versus two guys of the same quality, you know, controlling for overall quality. Do you want the stars and scrubs or do you want the uh, even skill level? And, and basically based on the results in the past, there, there isn't very much to that, um, at least nothing conclusive. And so I kind of treat it as 
I kind of ignore the narratives for the most part and go with the player skills. Although one thing I did find, or when I was doing the research last year, was that guys from the same country sort of uh, tend to perform better. And this is outside the U.S. really. Where so if you have like, you know, two um, Australian guys, or or I don't know, there aren't two Austrian guys this week. Actually, yeah, no, I don't think there are, but. You, you sort of see, I, I think that's kind of a proxy for, for this sort of chemistry aspect. And so I, I do think there probably is something to that. And maybe guys that went to the same college, basically guys that are good friends are probably going to play a little better together than, uh, rather than like complete strangers, which you, you have an odd mix of that, Brady. You have some guys that are just, you know, at the bottom of the field that are taking whoever's left. Uh, and you've had some odd pairings from that. And then, and then you have the guys that are playing with their friends, but, and then you have Michael Thompson playing with, um, a guy named Paresh Amin, I think, um, yeah. who, yeah, he was a special exemption, is, wasn't he? Yeah. He's apparently, my brother was telling me he's a played mini tour events. He's like 42 and he has, he's missed all every cut he's played at played on any professional tour. So, um, I, I, and then you, you have know, uh, John Daly last and uh, David Duvall. Yeah, I mean they're probably about the same quality player at this point. But you know, th there's a bunch of teams that have no chance this week. But you also, I mean, last year you had Bill Haas playing with his dad Jay Haas, and Jay actually performed. Yeah, they did pretty well, pretty admirably. I think they made the cut, um, or maybe they yeah. barely missed it. But they, they, uh, I think Jay played better than I expected he would, and and this year's version of that. Um, though maybe not to the same extreme, is Matthew Fitzpatrick playing with his brother, Alex, who's a Corn Ferry Tour player. And so, right. you know, they, they still have a chance, but there's a huge difference between those two players. So basically yeah, what I'm saying is I, I run essentially different simulations here. Um, I'm, having, I'm simulating at the whole level. And so basically the, the, unique, uh, the unique aspects of each hole are actually, I'm actually factoring that in. So uh, there's certain holes where that are more predictive than others. But I would say overall, uh, overall, TPC Louisiana is a course that does not favor skill. It does not separate better players as much as an average PGA Tour course. So I think, and I think this format also brings more, brings I guess worse players and worse teams into play more. That said, the field is is just, I mean, there there is such a difference. Um, between the top teams and the worst teams. And so it's how you can have a team that's essentially a plus 400. It can't lay in Shoffley out there uh, despite this format. Yeah, no, I think you bring up some great points there, Rufus. I like what you said, how the team format kind of alleviates, you know, scrambling because bad shots, you know, they're, they're, they go by the wayside because obviously we're taking the better player's ball and his score. So that makes a lot of sense. I also think uh, camaraderie or, or countrymen, fellow countrymen, uh, that has certainly proven out. We've seen the South Africans. Now they're not there this year. They're on the live tour, but Louis Eustazen and Charles Schwartzel have done well here in the past. We've also seen Ryder Cupper uh, partners do well in Henrik Stenson and uh, Justin Rose do well. So I, I think there is some sort of element to the camaraderie as well. Let's get to our guest picks. And this week's special guest is Cupmaker Jeff, Jeff Seeley. 
He is uh, supplying our guest picks this week, and you can follow him on Twitter at Cutmaker Jeff. He is the host of the Cutmaker podcast, and this is a podcast especially worth checking out if you're a DFS golf player. Uh, his outright winner, he went with Harris English and Tom Hoagie at 30 to 1. For a top 10 finish, he's also got English and Hoagie at plus 340. A top 20 finish on J.J. Spawn and Hayden Buckley at plus 120. And then some full tournament head-to-head -head matchups, English and Hoagie. He's all over that pairing of English and Hoagie. Minus 120 over Olison and Hoygaard. And then English and Hoagie again at even money over Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwin. Any reaction there to Jeff Seeley's picks, Rufus? <laughs> Yeah, I like the English Hoagie over Olison group, and I, I like the JJ Spawn top 20. Uh, I, I don't show value on Eng on the English group outright. I make them 45 to 1, but, but I do think they're good in that matchup. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting pairing. We saw Harris English play very well at Bay Hill, and that's really seemingly the only time he's really shown up in a big way so far this season. And Tom Hoagie, he's kind of an explosive player. We saw him shoot 62 at TPC Sawgrass not long ago. He kind of seems like feast or famine. If both of these guys are on feast mode, uh, it could be a, a good week for Tom Hoagie and Harris English. All right, my friend, I'll give you the floor. Let's uh, go ahead and get to your picks. I do like the Spawn and Buckley group. I have that same bet, the plus the top 20 at plus 120. I took them outright at 35 to 1. That's a price that I, I make the true price there. 30 plus 3060, so 30.6 to 1. Merritt and Strab, 181. That was at 181 at DraftKings. It's no, it's no longer there. It's 150 to 1, but... It was 230 to one at FanDuel just a little while ago. I know you said it was 200 to one at the Westgate. Uh, I make that price 155 to one. Cantlay, Shoffley, a top 10 finish, minus 150. Um, I think that's practically stealing. Um, my price there is yeah, minus 210. Yeah. It, that price, given the fact that they're essentially four to one, they're going off at four to one, and I make them, or I think actually plus three to one, like plus 300 in most places, I make it plus 392. But, but, the plus 392 to win translates to minus 210, uh, top 10. Um, at least that's what my Sims have. So uh, very, very good value there. And then I like this. I like the Bo Hostler, Wyndham Clark group, although Bo Hostler, I don't know if he's a fun golfer to be in a group with. Uh, you know, it, it feels like that's maybe like the teamwork side there might not be great. So this is, <laughs> uh, I'm ignoring that, but uh, I, I like them at plus 250 there. Uh, my price, I'm looking for it, is plus uh, plus 239. So it's not a huge edge there, but it's, it's still a play. Yeah, you know, I, I do uh, may, maybe the first initial glance in my handicap of this team event is I will look for uh, complementary players. And Clark and Hostler was one of the first ones that, jump out, uh, that jumped out to me. Because Wyndham Clark, he, he's really kind of an anomaly on tour. He's both very long off the tee, good in strokes gained off the tee. And he also has a very good short game. And Bo Hostler, uh, that's really his entire game is his work around the greens. And so 
I felt that was a decent combination, better than a lot of the combinations we see where it's just very heavily stacked on short game or it's heavily stacked on on skill set off the tee. I thought this one was a bit more complimentary and, and I actually did land on them as well. I, and I also want to preface, and Rufus, you kind of alluded to it earlier, this is an event you didn't even used to play until now we've got a few laps under our belt and you're kind of figuring out a way to handicap it. Um, I certainly dumbed down the risk this week and, and do not play it like I would a usual uh, PGA Tour week-to-week -week event. Uh, so a, a lesser amount of plays for me as well. But as far as outrights and top 20 finish, I did land on Clark and Hostler and found a good number there uh, at 28 to 1. Uh, Kitayama and Taylor Montgomery, now not so complimentary necessarily, where both of these guys do rely on short game, especially Montgomery. Kitayama, not too shabby in the ball striking regard, and certainly he showed that in his win at Bay Hill. Could be some team camaraderie factor there, and I like the number at 25 to 1. And, and Taylor Montgomery, you know how it is, Rufus, when you have these, let's say it's a, a scramble or whatever it is, uh, if you're playing a team format type event, if a guy gets hot with a putter, that can go a long way. And Taylor Montgomery, arguably the best putter in the entire field, if not the world right now. And, and then finally, Sun JM and Keith Mitchell. I thought that one was pretty good complimentary as well. Sun Jay really does everything well. And Mitchell's really good off the tee. I figure if you can either provide your partner with a great tee ball or provide your partner with a great shot into the green, that can clean up a lot as far as scoring in this type of tournament. Yeah, and Kitayama and Montgomery are both Vegas guys. Yep, yep. And, and you know what? I also brought into that, you mentioned that, there's going to be some wind this week. It looks like we're going to have wind in the neighborhood of about 15 miles an hour, and Las Vegas guys are pretty good at playing in the wind, you know, playing their college golf all over the Southwest. They are exposed to that type of thing. Uh, there are some thunder showers in the forecast for Friday as well. Uh, temperatures kind of in the high 70s, mid 80s. Uh, like I say, some wind and possibly uh, some thunder showers. Maybe, uh, maybe more than one of the four days here uh, in Avondale, Louisiana. Rufus, that brings us to our Pizza Money Play of the Day, sponsored by Dom DeMarco's Pizzeria and Bar in Summerlin. This is a great place to get a slice of pizza or a bunch of Italian food, really, that they have on the menu. Great place to watch a game. Uh, the Pizza Money Play of the Day from Dom DeMarco's. I've got the 72-hole winning score over 263.5, Rufus. And what that translates to is that means 24 under par or less is going to be able to get it done here at the Zurich Classic. And I brought the weather up and, and I, you know, that was really part of my thinking here. You talked about how many teams don't have a chance and how, I mean, it's probably more than half this field that you really have some of the also rans on the PGA Tour. It's a very top heavy uh, field here this week. But we also talk about the format, the best ball and the alternate shot. You're going to see some guys go really low in the better ball format, but alternate shot, not so low. You might shoot over par, even par, or very few under par. And with that weather possibly uh, expected on Friday, that could interrupt that alternate shot day and, and maybe cause a delay. And if they do get a softer golf course where it becomes scorable, it's going to be, it, it could happen during the most difficult format. 
So I thought there was going to be less opportunity to really go low for these guys with the possible weather, with the possible thunder showers and the wind. And so I thought over 263 and a half for a winning score for the pizza money play of the week. That is going to do it for this episode of the Heat Strokes podcast brought to you by the Mandalay Bay and Resort here in Las Vegas. In case you need to revisit the picks and all the information, you can find it on our website at deadheatgolf.com. The video will be up shortly on YouTube. You can also check out my YouTube channel at Heat Strokes Podcast. And I want to thank our crew, Tom Catlin on video, Jeremiah Crow on the audio, and Trifco on the creative design. And thank you to our very special guest host, Rufus Peabody. We will be back at this time next week for another golf course review and our picks for the Mexico Open at Vedanta. Uh, stick around for a minute here after the show. We'll have all the information how you can find and follow all of us. Enjoy the Zurich Classic, everybody. And Rufus, remind our listeners and viewers, stay hot. You've been dialed into the Heat Strokes Podcast with Brady Cannon. Presented by Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. And produced in conjunction with Green Roll Media. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Subscribing to the show on YouTube is easy. Just search Heat Strokes Podcast. Follow us on social media at Las Vegas Golfer and at Heat Strokes Pod. If you like what you heard, please follow, like, and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify today. Good luck out there sinking birdies at Cash and Tickets. Cash and Tickets. We'll see you next week.